Welcome to the EPFL podcast with Anna and Tegla. In weekly 20-minute episodes, we'll share information and personal experience about a series of subjects, spanning from relationships, health, great women in science, and many more. Sometimes there will be experts joining us and answering your questions. Enjoy this week's episode! Welcome everyone. In this week's episode, we will talk about couples who made history. I hope it will be interesting. So we will have some categories. We have science couples, LGBT couples. And the last category will be socially engaged couples who fought for their rights. The two science couples are very, very famous and I'm sure you all know about them. But hopefully we can share more information and anecdotes that maybe you didn't know. The first one will be Albert Einstein and Mileva Maric, which was his first wife. They met very young when they both attended the Zurich Polytechnic. And Mileva Maric, uh, born in Serbia, was actually the first woman who could attend to physics class in the Polytechnic. What year was that? in 1896. Nearly all the information we have about Mileva Maric and her relationship with Albert Einstein is from the letters that they wrote to each other while studying and I read the book of the collection of these letters and it's clear how the couple was in love and young and how they were passionate about science. Mileva always helped Albert in his studies and he really valued her opinion and her intelligence. Sadly, when the couple broke up and when Albert moved to the US, the letters that she sent to him were destroyed, so we don't really know her part in his discoveries. Some say that these letters contained more mathematical and physical theories, but Albert didn't want to share. Yes, and he didn't want it to be known that his discoveries were also part of Mileva's work, but we don't know for sure. A little bit about Mileva's life. Uh, Actually, she couldn't get the diploma in her last year. She tried two times, but she didn't have the necessary marks. Also because she was pregnant with their second baby, and so she decided to return to Serbia to her parents. Soon after that, they divorced and Albert moved to the US. It's a very sad story. Yeah, but it's true that like before it was really, you know, break like a breakthrough if the woman studied at least or like yeah. didn't stay home with the child, which she didn't like the for the first child. She yeah, she had a first child, but. She gave it to a family in Serbia because she wanted to continue to study. Yeah. Yes, I think like during that time that that must ha- must have been like a huge deal. Yeah, and, like not staying at home with the baby. So um, the second couple will be Marie and Pierre Curie, who both, as you know, produced discoveries in physics and chemistry that were the basis of modern X-ray technology. 
So for those who know, uh, they shared a Nobel Prize in 1903 in physics. But originally, Marie Curie, she was ignored for that prize well, because of the sexist attitudes. Mm -hmm. But thankfully, there was a member of the nominating committee, professor of mathematics at Stockholm University College. I don't want to say his name because I will watch it like, so <laughs> much. Okay. But he wrote a letter to Pierre uh, warning him that she will not be nominated and he wrote back that they have to nominate them together because well they did the research together yeah. so that's good like he stood up for her basically and after Pierre's death Curie went on to continue the work the couple had started together earning a second Nobel Prize and establishing a radium research institute in Warsaw, Poland What's interesting is that their daughter also <laughs> won a Nobel Prize, so like their family is just genius. Yes, uh, uh, like completely. What I like also about her is that she refused money for her research. Mm -hmm. So I think like that shows that she's like a real scientist that does it, you know, to improve the society and the world and, you know, doesn't do yeah. it just for the money. And yeah, she had to go through a lot because she was a woman. <laughs> Unfortunately, that was like a big deal before and also like uh, she had to face xenophobia because she came from Poland and French people didn't really appreciate that. They also changed her name. Yeah, she went like through a lot and I think she's a good role model and I think like the couple at least shows that they were together in you know, in the discovery and they took the Nobel Prize together. Yeah, finally. Just, yeah. A man which doesn't steal from women. Exactly. So yeah, that was pretty nice. Next, we will talk about two LGBT couples. The first one is Gertrude Stein and Alice B. Toklas. They were together between 1907 and 1946. And this is actually one of the most uh, famous lesbian couples in history. Gertrude Stein, she was a novelist, poet, art collector, really important character. And Alice B. Toklas was her secretary, organizer, lover, cook, I mean, <laughs> just her life companion. And they were together in Paris, hosting a salon, which was a spot for gatherings in history of arts, literature, and they had lots of really famous guests. Picasso, Hemingway, Scott Fitzgerald, James Joyce. I mean, not always people we love nowadays. Yeah. Most of them are cancelled, <laughs> as they should. Yes. But in those times, they were really influential, and Gertrude Stein and Toklas were the, one of the main hosts of these stories. And they were together for all their lives, mm. which is very nice. So uh, the next couple is James Obergefell. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and John Arthur and they fell in love at a time when the US laws surrounding gay marriage were unclear and varied. This was only in 2013, so not so long ago. I was really shocked. Oh uh, yeah. In 2013, the Supreme Court struck down the Defense of Marriage Act. The Ohio couple then decided to go ahead and get married, even though Arthur was by then very ill with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which is very painful. Mm -hmm. And so they had a small ceremony. And because their marriage had been just a court legal, they did it in Maryland, where the same-sex marriage was legal. 
Unfortunately, Arthur died three months later, and following his death, Obergefell petitioned to have his name listed as Arthur's husband on his death certificate, and this was really important because it led to the June's landmark Supreme Court decision that declared bans on gay marriage to be unconstitutional in the United States. So yeah, just by marrying each other, they change the world. It shouldn't happen at that 2013. It's just it's yeah. incredible that before that it was banned, you know. But still, we live in a world where it isn't legal everywhere. Yeah, even in, in a lot in of Europe. countries. Yeah, even in Switzerland, it's yeah, um, yeah. I heard you about cannot that. marry legally. It's just you can marry like union. for religious uh, purposes, I think, but it wouldn't be like on the certificate. I know it's just a union which uh, doesn't give you the same rights mm, as yeah. uh, marriage. Yeah, no, it's really like it's crazy that yeah. we're still living now in 2020. And no, <laughs> we are in 2021. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, living in 2021 and having still this issue is just to think about that in some places it's not even legal to be gay. That must They're... be really horrible yeah. for the people. With the last two couples, we have really political engaged people and couple who fought for social justice. The first is a story of an interracial couple formed by Mildred Jeter and Richard Loving. This story took place in the 1960s. Mildred was 11 years old and Richard <laughs> was 17 when they met. Yeah. He was in high school. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be problematic. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. so. But they're important for, you know, other reasons. That's why we are talking about yes. them. Yes. They, they began dating. And when she was 18, she was expecting the first baby. <laughs> and they decided so to move to Washington. And they married in 1958. And when they came back in Virginia... Uh, the police found them and they were sentenced to jail because it was illegal um, as an interracial couple. After the year in jail, uh, the judge agreed to suspend the sentence if they left the state for mm -hmm. 25 years. Jeez. And they agreed and they moved to Washington where it was legal. And from there, they were really active and asked for help from the American Civil Liberties Union to fight and change the Virginia law. Finally, in 1967, the Supreme Court decided to allow the couple to return home. So they fought for their love and that's really great. Even if uh, maybe the relationship started... Yeah, maybe there was a little bit of grooming. But um, yeah. still, I think they fought, you know, for some legal rights, normal human rights that they should yeah. have had, like, a long time ago. So at least they did that. That's a great thing, actually. And they stayed together between all these adversities. Yeah. So it's definitely brave. Yes. So the last couple is Evita and Juan Perón. They are seen as one of the greatest power couple. Eva grew up poor in Los Toldos in Argentina. And she built a career as a vaudeville actress and singer. And in 1945, she married the Argentine president Juan Perón. 
and used her position as first lady to fight for voting rights for women and better conditions for the poor, which is just great and really she used her power for the better. And she's remembered as one of the most active first lady in history. She was asked to join her husband election bid as vice president, but the opponents blocked that decision because they feared that Evita would become president herself. Which, you know, <laughs> really nice, huh? But I think she did a great job and she used her voice for the right things. It's just such a great voice for a woman. If you want, there is like a movie about her and it's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't know her story. I think it's it's great. Could you imagine fearing that a woman could become as powerful as yourself? Yeah, <laughs> it's just horrible. And it still is a little bit a case like these days. Like there are people yeah. that are afraid that like a woman could be as powerful <laughs> as a man. Um, well, fuck them. You do it's what you crazy. want to do. And yeah, she she's just great. So yeah, I hope you liked this episode and I think the message is you can do anything and just don't be afraid to be the outspoken one and you can do anything you would like to do. And also the power some uh, relationships yeah. could bring. It's really amazing. Exactly. And also like it shows what like technically healthy relationship like, with <laughs> quotes uh, like can look like. Yeah. You know, like it is about empowerment and you should feel powerful in the relationship and you should feel that the other person is here and supports you and wants you to be your best self. Well said. <laughs> okay, so we hope we gave you a little bit of introduction to yes. this section that we will do in the podcast, which is relationships. We will talk about boundaries and consent. Also, relationship with narcissists. And then we will have an expert uh, who will join us and she will talk more about the traits in relationships and how toxic relationships look. And also, if you would like, um, we could do like an episode where we like talk about our personal stories. Like if you have some questions or some ideas for other episodes, don't hesitate to tell us. That's for sure. And you can also send us questions to ask the expert. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll uh, for sure put something on Instagram so you can like uh, give us all your questions so that we can answer to them. Just don't be mean. <laughs> And hope we can improve with time. Exactly. Our first episodes, you know, will be a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we are doing our best. <laughs> okay, so um, thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Have a great day or night. Morning. See ya. Goodbye.